Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community All right, what's that up, inspires welcome back action, to another accountability, the celebrate progress, podcast. and helps people make the right connections James, to take that next speaker, step author, towards their trainer, dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching talk to, to pinpoint your purpose Erica, and start taking I'm steps amazing. in that direction, how are you make sure to so contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. Start with telling us a little bit more about yourself. And what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Uh-huh. That's the entrepreneurial dilemma. Do we do fun? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, uh, so my name's Erica James. I actually have been in business for 30 years, 31 years. And I somehow have managed to blend the practical business building with understanding the spiritual world and having those uh, move seamlessly together. I love, love, love working with entrepreneurs really uh, grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And I just found out when I was home for Thanksgiving that my family and entrepreneurship goes like five generations back, which is nuts um, in this country's history. And so, yeah, so I just have entrepreneurship in my blood and I'm really called to lead leaders, to train trainers. And that's what I love doing. Uh, I have the Convergence Center, which is a world-class training organization. And Tim, would you believe that I got into virtual and online training 20 years ago? And I feel like the world has finally caught up. So I'm thrilled. Um, Raised my daughter as a single mom and had to figure out how to, uh, in lieu of traveling, like most keynotes, uh, traveled 300 days of the the year. So I've got to figure out how to bring the living, you know, bring the world into my living room. And so I've done, gosh, probably 400 different courses and videos and all kinds of wonderful things about uh, helping you be the fullness of who you were created to be. And for fun, I absolutely love laughing. And so anything that makes me laugh, uh, me and my husband love laughing, uh, love uh, reading. I love movies. I enjoy watching movies and just doing what I call cleaning my slate, uh, getting back into my exercise regimen, which I really enjoy. So yeah, and uh, I need to have, that's actually on my list for 2022, better life balance, but anything that makes me laugh, love going to comedy shows, any such thing. There we go. I love it. And so 20 years ago, when you first started like the virtual teaching and the virtual coaching and the virtual speaking, was there a lot of resistance when you were trying to pitch that to companies and people? Well, uh, I did my company and, or, you know, live trainings and speaking engagements live, but the courses, when I started wanting Ah. to get into training, uh, because gosh, I've been, I was a coach before people knew what a coach was 21, no 20. Yeah. 21 years ago. And there are only six coaching schools and everyone went, what sport do you coach? And, uh, so I did that stuff live. It's, it's the, once you're off the stage, and really walking it out with people that they needed more equipping. So we didn't even have video. We only had teleclass. So it was like dial in, teleclass, hit this number, mute out. Yes, so we were doing teleclasses. And once people got the, you know, once they tuned in and figured out how to do the code and all that stuff, it was smooth sailing. Cause it was like podcasting before podcasting. You know what I mean? All we had was teleclass lines. So yeah, so people weren't so resistant um, once they got a taste of it. You had to walk them through a little bit of the technology, but once they got a taste of it, we were good to go. 
Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? My biggest motivation is my ideal self. You know, I really am clear about, you know, what I was put to, put here to do, what it's supposed to look like. And so every day I call it closing the gap. My first thought every morning after just thanking God for another day is help me close the gap between who you created me to be and who I am right now. And I'm so clear that my vision is so gargantuan. It's going to take every single day. And so my unyielding motivation, inspiration that keeps me going is what would my life look like if I could become the fullness of who I was created to be? I mean, like leave nothing on the table, play all out. And that is my motivation. I don't look outside for this person or that person. Um, I'll study things, but it's really about pulling what's within, you know, into manifestation. And that is, that's 100% of what I focus on. I love that. I think that motivation yeah. is a great segue into your dreams, goals, and vision for your life. Tell us a little bit about what that ideal self is. Okay. So let's, let's, I'll talk present tense and let's say it's, let's say even three years from now. So I have a syndicated talk show that's around the world. That's helping people live their life on purpose and courses and training that actually partner with people through the transformation. Uh, I have business women that are trained up to build seven figure businesses in my alliance. And there are thousands of them and chapters around the world uh, raising women up. I also have a ministry that raises up ministers to understand you know, how they're kind of wired and how do you build a ministry and or a business from that. And so really it's about impacting millions of lives, Tim, because my thought is this, what would it look like in the world if we could clear our stuff, right? If we weren't dealing with fear and inadequacy and competition and all of this stuff that we're dealing with, but we really became focused on what was I called to do? What's that purpose and how do I build it? I really, really believe with all my being, the world would change overnight. And so my unyielding commitment is to get as many people clear about living on purpose and pursuing and building it fearlessly. And so, yeah, that, that's what it would be. And, and getting to travel and having a whole team of people, because it's taken me a while to get the right team in the right place, but a team of committed people who are running things. So I just get to show up and be in my genius. Uh, me and my husband would go to spas and play and uh, do all kinds of fun stuff. And then one of my focuses is um, creating wealth for my children's children. And so our combined, I got married about seven years ago and our combined, we've got four children together, but leaving trust funds for my children's children. So those are the type of things I focus on. That's what my dream is. It's never about living for myself, but it's about how many lives can I bring along and impact on the way. Yeah, that is awesome. Yay! And so your syndicated talk show is mainly centered around, centered around getting people clear about living on purpose and actually taking action on it. What are some of the first things that you suggest people do when they're introduced to this concept of living on purpose? Oh, that's so good. And actually, we launched the first season last year. So it's the Erica James Show Life on Purpose. And one of the first things that people, you, you get to get in your bones 
is your past experiences and what you went through, are, that's not what makes you who you are, right? It helps equip you for your purpose. But that was already decided when God thought of us. And what if we could tap in to that original purpose and realize that, yeah, I've been through hell and back, but that's not who I am. That's what I've been through. So if we can begin to unbraid that, we can kind of move through some of the fear. We can kind of move through the inadequacies, the I'm not good enough, the doubt and all of the stuff that we spend our lives all too often stuck in. So that's really important. And then understanding that you were created with something specific in mind. There's something that you do. We've all read it, Tim. We've been, you know, but there's something we can do that is uniquely different than what other people do. Even if you lined up a thousand people that all said we're teachers or we're speakers or we're coaches or we're whatever, there's something that we do that's genius for us. And if we can tap into that genius and start to lead our lives with it and lead our businesses with it, man would not be awesome. Yeah. And then fearlessness is a huge thing because you talk about the self-doubt, the unworthiness, all the stuff that fear stops. And there really are ways to be absolutely fearless where doubt does not cross your mind. Fear is not even part of your self-talk. And that's a huge piece because if you can get those three things handled, you're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. Mm, I love that. I have talked to some people and I'm like, you have a genius zone. You have something that is uniquely you to offer the world. We just got to like uncover it and find it and then live in it. And two common things come up. First, yeah. it's no, I don't like they just flat out. Don't believe it. And the second thing is you can't just monetize anything and you need money to live. So can you talk to those two thoughts for us? Oh, okay. I must hang around different people than, than you have on your Cause I've, I've never met anyone. That's like, just know, I don't have genius. They're like, it may be covered. It may be buried. Uh, but just really realizing that, and maybe it comes down to people realizing that you're loved, you're special, you're unique. And you were created for a purpose and it really is beyond you and your immediate family and so uh once people get that and you start to say well wait a minute maybe i am more than the hats i'm wearing in my life maybe i am called to do more if you can just enter the possibility to un- that will begin to unravel someone's current belief system right And so uh, absolutely, if someone's in doubt about that, it is usually because they've been through something that made them doubt that they are enough, they are lovable, and they are special. And so if you can get that or at least be willing to explore it, that can be transformational in itself. And then the second thing, um, this is a funny story. So years ago, uh, when I was teaching Target Market to my uh, women's business group, I had a friend who was going to a conference and she was in a hotel and she says, oh, the weirdest thing's happening at this hotel. There are adult people who are walking around in my little pony outfits. I was like, what? What?" I said, so how many of these people are walking around in my little pony outfits? And she says, there's thousands of them. And I went, you can monetize anything, right? 
If you can monetize grown folks that want to dress up and I don't know what they call themselves, but man, that was inspiring to me, Tim. I was like, okay, there is something for everybody. And the key is you've got to uh, find your people. you got to find that tribe, but they are out there. If there's grown folks dressing up in my little pony outfits, I'm saying, and that's like a thing and they're paying to, for the outfits and the conferences and the travel. That just, I always think of that story because I'm like, anybody can find your niche. If you can identify your niche and bring value to that niche, people will pay for it. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, do we have it positioned right? Do we have the language right? Do we believe it's worth paying for? That's all the inner work. If we can get ourselves out of the equation and realize it's not about us. We were put here to impact lives outside of our immediate family. And so once you start to pay attention and, and, and pay attention to the things you complain about, I always say the business or the ministry that you're seeking, guess what? It's the one you need to start. And so a lot of us have innovations. We have ideas. We've got frustrations that we're like, I wish someone would create. Well, there's ideas all around us. Even right now, there's so many more ideas. And once you find your niche, you can monetize anything, anything. There we go. Yeah. There we go. I love it. And one more question I want to ask before we move to the next like scripted question is you said we can get rid of the negative self-talk that is based on fear. Tell us about the process and the system for that and what that inner work looks like. Oh, Tim, Tim, you're going deep with me. I love it. Well, um, I discovered this. Well, first of all, I was always a person who had a lot of fear, right? And then I said, okay, there's got to be a way. There was like this duality there. I grew up in a really amazing family that said, you can do anything. We couldn't say can't in our households, but personally, I struggled with some things. And so I didn't have the language for it when I was little, but I was like, there's got to be a way to not doubt myself, to not you know, not filter through that. So way back when I was 18 and I'm 51 now, I started taking transformational seminars and I would take them with like 50 year old people. They're like, how old are you? Like 17. And uh, really, you know, understanding that there are, there are beliefs that, that we filter through. And if yours is I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough, or I'm not special, or I'm not here for a purpose. Every single thing you perceive is through that belief system. And so first and foremost, you've got to get in touch with what you really believe, not what we want to believe, not the cute version of it, but what's really going on in your self-talk. And I discovered mine was, I'm not good enough because I had grew up in a successful entrepreneurial family, but the cost to the child is great when your parents are never there, right? You call the office and your dad's secretary tells you he's traveling until next Wednesday and he didn't even bother to tell you. You know, it's like, that's how I grew up. And so I always thought I'm not special. I'm not good enough. And so first becoming aware of that. And then I began to say, wait a minute, if I'm going to form a new belief, what is it going to be? And since I've been able to help people reground that in their body, attach that head thought to your heart, because that's where the magic happens. It's not in our head, it's in our heart. And so when we start to really feel like, what does feeling like more than enough feel like in my body? What would I move like? And we can get it from our headspace into our heart 
that's when transformation begins to happen. That's when brain waves start to be redeveloped. That's when we can um, not revert back to that old stuff. And I just think it's part of the human process to overcome that. And so, uh, so that's huge doing that work. And then my process has been that once I identify, and I don't mean reading it from an affirmation book or, you know, I mean, really, what is my brain? What's the lie my brain is telling me that I have, have believed hook, line and sinker. And it's hard to uncover. Once you tell yourself the truth about that, you can begin to say, now, what's the one I want to move into? And you begin to redesign around that. What would my habits look like? What would my thought process be? And it may, you know, that old self-talk may come up a thousand times in a day. I start the reprogramming process, you know, where I'm talking to myself a lot and I do it at every, I mean, it's, we have to do it at every level, right? So as soon as you get fearless or doubt-free in one area, then guess what? You got to play bigger. What's the next level look like? Oh, you got it at that level. Got to do it at the next level. What are you believing for? How can you be fearless? And that's when we understand we are mind, body, and spirit. So, so often, uh, you know, transformational work takes place in the mind. It takes place in the body, change your habits, be more disciplined, but we forget the spirit piece. And so understanding uh, that there is, there's spiritual things that when I'm carrying fear, I'm carrying something that in the spirit room is real. And so therefore, if I'm carrying it, I can take authority over it and get it out. So once I begin to understand that fear is in its essence, a spirit, it is not false evidence appealing, appearing real. It is not about being courageous, do it scared anyway. Well, what if we could do it fearless and not have to put all that energy towards trying to overcome the doubt and the lie and doing it scared? But what if we took authority over the spiritual aspect of what's happening in our lives, whether it is, um, you know, sickness or whether it's fear. So when I begin to understand and introduce the spiritual aspects of what spiritual freedom looks like, what emotional freedom looks like, right? Having a heart that you've done your forgiveness work. So there isn't a trigger to take you back to. There isn't a, a past person that you're still carrying in your heart that, oh my goodness, I can't love because this person reminds me of that person and I was hurt then. You know what I mean? Like you are really able to have a whole heart and be fully present when you do the heart work, the spiritual freedom work and the mental work. And, and then the habits change, the disciplines change because you've already done the inner work, right? And now the only work is aligning your time and your action to manifest it because you know that you know it's already who you are it's already what you deserve it's already in your heart well the easy part's walking it out mm. so really understanding mind body spirit connection has, has been really critical for me i love that yeah and something i love about the bible is it's such a such a good book it just has a lot of good stuff in it but with that spiritual connection, it says perfect love casts out fear. And it'll be really simple in how it explains things. But it's like, it's a question of like, you're either like living in perfect love in that moment, or you're living in fear. And that spiritual aspect of it is like, they can't like coexist. And so you can kind of line those things up. I guess my question is, you, you keep yeah. talking about doing like the deep inner work. For me, like a 22 year old person, who is like still struggling with a lot of that stuff. Ooh. What does that inner work look like for me every day? Oh, okay. 
So it looks like waking up in the morning and getting still. The world calls it mindfulness, you know, or meditation, whatever it is, but being able to go within because the world we really want, Tim, the fullness of who we are is already inside of us, right? So if you can touch your greatness every day, if you can tap into that, that's huge. You can start to feel what does genius feel like in my body? And then the other piece is uh, our hearts are so wounded. They are so wounded. And one of the huge, deep revelations that I got years ago, um, and it does come from the word, is whatever is written on our hearts is what gets manifested in our lives. So the, so the non-spiritual version says, as you think, as a man thinks, so is he. But the true spiritual version in the word says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So your heart is the key to everything. So the second part, once you're still and you're, 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 you know, in, enabling yourself to say, you know, let me tap into that vision. Who, who is, who do I think God created me to be? And you allow yourself to go there. What you get, got to get to him. It's already inside of you. You just have to let it bubble out. The second piece to it is doing your heart work. And women, we do this over coffee at Starbucks, right? Like we're like, girl, how you doing? And in 10 minutes, we're in tears. But for men, it's harder because you all are not wired like we are to say, let me tap into my heart. Something hurt me today. I'm carrying this. And I, um, like I said, I just got married seven years ago for the first time. And I'll say to him, and my husband's heart has been through so much trauma and so much hurt. And I'll say, honey, you probably need to forgive that person. And he'll say, I don't need to forgive them. I just need to slap them up real good. I, I, I'm just, you know, and just that hardness and that guard. And when you begin to say, wait, why am I being guarded there? Why would I have that reaction to somebody? I think men can start to access their hearts a little bit better. But you all aren't any less wounded than we are. There's just less space in, in, in manhood to deal with your heart. And so that's huge, Tim. You would have to take a look at your heart and see what's living in my heart that is not of light, that is not lined up with where I want to go. And you get to forgive those things right there. It doesn't matter if you ever talk to that person again. It doesn't matter if they're not with us anymore. It doesn't matter if they ever, never, you know, apologize or come to grips with what they did. You have the ability to have a whole heart. When you have a whole heart, you can create anything. And so that heart work, who is still what I call squatting in your heart, who has not been forgiven? And most of us try to operate on top of it, but the truth of what's in the core of our heart is what we manifest. And that's why our disciplines and our habits can't stick. And that's why we're going on willpower because what's really going on in our hearts, it's telling a different story. So if we can change the story of our hearts, we can change the story of our lives. And so that self-work is really critical. I do a lot of journaling where I'm journaling to myself about how I'm feeling, like what's the real deal when you may not be able to tell anybody else or feel safe sharing it publicly. I do a lot of journaling and then I listen, you know, prayer is speaking to God. Meditation is receiving from him. And it doesn't matter what our religious orientation is. We are spiritual beings. And therefore there is a message that is trying to get through. And even if you don't have a religion per se, 
um, because I'm really not a religious person, but you know, there's intuition, there's things that we know that we were creating in a created in a knowingness and tapping into that is really important. And, um, and then letting that guide your day. And then I take my to-do list. I, in that time, I look at that to-do list. This is what I want to get done. You know, what does my, what does, you know, Erica 2.0 need to get done today and then come up out of that space. And I'm crystal clear. I'm immovable and get through them and plow through those things every day. There we go. That helpful. Yes. That was okay. Really helpful. Good, good, good. That was really helpful. Good. Awesome. Well, our next question is if there were one or two people that you could meet right now and they would help you take the next step towards your goals and dreams of impacting as many people as possible and leaving that legacy, who would they be and how would they do it? So unlimited, like they don't have to be living anymore or do they yeah. have to be? Okay. I, I, both. Let's do both. Okay. So um, the first would be my great grandfather, great grandmother. Um, I believe her name was Hattie Mae Wayne. And the reason why I would love, I would love to sit down and do coffee with her because somehow my grandparents, my particularly my maternal grandparents family built wealth early on. They had lumber yards, they had um, livestock, they had all of this stuff when it was actually illegal for black folks to own it in this country. And they bought land and, and they created a, a cemetery for the Wayne family. And my maiden name is Jackson, but my maternal grandmother, they're Waynes. And to this day, Tim, there is a cemetery for the uh, descendants of the Waynes. And my father took us back to that cemetery years ago. And there were grave sites from, eight, I think the oldest one was 1893. How did they do that? Right? Yeah. So if that blood's cursing through my veins, I want to talk to them. I want to understand how they created wealth with targets on their backs. I just want to know how they did So if that blood is cursing through my veins, I want to have a better understanding of, of what they did and how they did it with no internet, no Instagram, you know what I mean? Like nothing that, that we have now, how did you create wealth when it was nearly made impossible for people who look like me in this country? So that's absolutely fascinating to me. And then the second person um, is, is living right here and now. I would love to sit with Oprah. Because um, being one that I've known was called into, you know, what we would traditionally call television. It's not traditional television anymore, but that's a 31 year dream of mine, Tim, that I just am now walking in because the way I did it was to understand the transformational process first and then take the work to the platform. And so I would love to sit with her and just understand her toughest lessons, um, the broadcast stuff, but the personal stuff, um, all of that good stuff, how to, you know, the negotiate the contracts, because I'm coming close to um, my shows in development and, 
at a, at a major um, production company and like, how do you negotiate the contracts and make sure you're in ownership and you're not just the talent. And, you know, like I just have so many questions and I think she would be an amazing resource to be able to uh, talk to. And so that's my second dream person that I would love to talk to. Oprah, there we go. You know, she's mentioned on this podcast enough that I think I'm going to be able to introduce everybody to her. I'm saying, <laughs> you want to hear something deep? Yeah. So my surrogate grandmother, um, who I adopted, is her name's Dr. Maxine Mims, and she's known me for 45 years. Her and Dr. Maya Angelou were best friends long before Dr. Angelou was famous. So they were best friends from like the 60s. Well, because of the relationship Oprah has with Maya, or had with Maya, excuse me, before she passed, Maxine kind of was inherited in that. And every week, her and Oprah talk. Every week, Tim. But it's a, like, just finally, when I was home sitting with Maxine for Thanksgiving, she looked at me after 45 years of knowing me. And she says, there's nothing left. She's like, you're ready. And then she asked me, she goes, have I introduced you to Oprah yet? <laughs> I was like, not yet. But after 45 years, so I think I'm close. So we're going to get this introduction down. But she talks to her every week, every Thursday, they talk. I'm like, what? Every, she's like, oh, I just talked to her last week. Oprah calls her on a regular basis. And I get to sacred part of her life. And I don't just want to be like, so were you going to introduce me to Oprah? But when, and they do Thanksgiving together. They did it for years because they would go to Dr. Angelo's house. And um, until she passed, Maxine was the ex, um, she handled her estate upon her passing. Like they were best friends. And um, so anyway, I'm close. I'm one degree removed. And so, um, but she's never said that to me. And they've had that relationship for decades. And just over Thanksgiving, she said, how I introduced you to Oprah yet? That is amazing. So I'll keep you updated. I'm going to email you like, Tim, I got that. We did it. So I yes. hope that I will be that entree for you, but I'm close. I'm close that to have Dr. Mims, um, to have her say that is just so heavy. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That is, it's Isn't so, that crazy. such a small world. <laughs> <laughs> just casually calling Oprah every Thursday. Wild. Well, usually Oprah calls her. I'm not even like, she doesn't, yeah, even more her. like just check it in. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. That's yep. awesome. What are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your dreams and goals? What are the, ask me that again. What are the one or two things everyday people can do in their lives? No, in their lives to help you. Oh, okay. So, um, have a desire to live on purpose. Because I've got the transformational work for people. I've got the courses. Now it's the time to get it out in the world in a big way. Uh, so that's really huge because I can't put that in people. You know, like you have to have that desire. You've got to be willing to, um, to, to, to carry that desire. And then the second thing that is really huge is, are you willing to do the work? Because the hard work isn't building the vision. The hard work is becoming the person to carry it. And are you willing to do the work? Because my work is deep. Um, I, I start where most people stop. <laughs> and so um, it's, it's deep work. We're getting into mind, body, spirit stuff. Are you willing to do the work? And most people now want stuff right now, real quick. You know, the business world says, you know, if you want what I've got, do what I did. And, you know, if, what did it say? No, that's not it. If you want what I've got, do what I did. Do, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, they just yeah. tell you, this is how I did it. You can do it too. And it's so much deeper than that. 
So know that you've got a purpose and be willing to do the work. And you come with those two things and then helping to spread the word is, is the other piece about the work, but we're working on that now. There we go. Yeah. I love it. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. Our first question is what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. My, okay, so lately, my favorite book, it does change, other than the Bible, um, is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. That book, it was, it's the only book I've ever recommended to all my memberships. And everybody had the same reaction. So The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks is my favorite book of the, um, this season. There we go. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Exercise. I was always an athlete and as an entrepreneur that got pushed to the back and putting it back at the forefront of my life and then making sure I'm laughing and, and, and expressing my joy every day. There we go. You know, I, very similar, have always been athletic. And while I didn't always enjoy playing very, very competitive sports because of like just how it made me feel, yeah. I really enjoy exercising and like friendly competition and it's also something that in my entrepreneurial journeys, the podcast, trying to get coaching stuff up and working at W2, doing all that, it yes. has really gotten pushed to the back. And so I'm like, it's easy. It's easy to let it go. My father says, you know, he always says to me, your health is your health is your wealth. Don't let your health fall by the wayside. And I did. And so, and so, yeah, getting back in the gym, I'm having a blast with it. Yeah. Love it. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to like reach more people, create that wealth and build that team so you can stay in your genius? So what I like to tell people is because we always as entrepreneurs, we're wanting to hire the next full time person, right? Like if I could just hire the admin or the marketing person, but I actually tell people you need to free up your time in two hour chunks. So what are you doing that someone else can do that will get you two hours? Is it cooking? Is it checking email? Is it writing? What is it that you're doing that someone else can do? And create that delegation list in two hour chunks of time and begin to move through it. And that gives you more and more time to operate in your genius and then have the fearlessness and the boldness to get your message out in the world because what you have to say the world needs that there we go have you ever read the book who not how <gasps> it's right like it's right up there i just finished the <laughs> yes i did in august i read that book yeah i love that book it was already a concept i was trying to implement but when i read the book and it talks to me about the power of it and how much it can really transform your life if you go all in on it i was like i'm sold <laughs> So yeah, that was, that was one of those transform. I read the big leap and then I read that one next and boy, it, they were, they were next level. So good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got one last question for you and it's going to require a bit of pretext. So you know how there are people on the planet who have more of a fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. Sometimes they live their whole life like that. And sometimes they'll die like that. Unfortunately, mm. other times they'll make a shift to a growth mindset, willing to accept help, willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? So that thing that sparks the desire that you were talking about people just need. I call it the transfer of risk and it's different for everybody. So there's a 
point in what I'll call our success cycle, right? The, the process of wanting to live successful lives that the value is in staying safe, playing small, hiding, uh, not doing the self-work, right? And then typically something happens and it is a moment, it is a circumstance, it is a situation. And we realize now that the risk of not doing it is greater than the risk of staying, excuse me, the risk of staying is greater than the risk of just going for it. And everybody has to have that transfer. Um, for some people, it's just discovering your why. And for a lot of others, it's like, that's, yeah, I know why, and I'm still not doing it. But it's something pivotal happens that it wakes up something deep within us and says, you know what? Either I lost that loved one. I had that rude awakening that I cannot take life for granted anymore. And that maybe, just maybe I was born to do more. And that transfer risk, Tim, it looks different for everybody, but everybody has to hit that point when you're like, you know what, it's, it's too much of a risk to, to keep being who I've been. And if you never have that transfer, then you really can stay in that space um, your whole life. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have any suggestions for people who want to build community and build environments that facilitate people having that transfer of risk? earlier rather than later. Yes. So that's exactly what I do because I want to make success safe. So I've got a membership. So, I've, so I have a, a business membership. I've got a mentorship membership where we can create spaces where people are playing big. And so it's about having success safe, right? So if I'm building a business that's creating all kinds of followers and resources and finances, it's not necessarily safe for you to be in the world because everybody wants from you. And so if you can create an environment where you're pouring into people, where they, where the leaders are getting value, where, where, where people are, um, you know, the norm is we play big. The norm is we celebrate success. The norm is that uh, we do our self-work. That is, that's intentional that the norm is that we live from that deep place and we're not doing surface living. And it really starts with us being willing to be vulnerable, us being willing to do the work and us being willing to put ourselves out there and find other like-minded people who are willing to do the work and realize that you are niche. There's a target market that is uniquely developed for you and you have something to speak into their lives. And the key of building any community is, is it adding value? If it's adding value, people will stay. And the second piece is, are they loved? Are they feeling special? Are they feeling seen, heard, and like their presence is important? And if we could pull those things off, you can build communities um, that really impact people's lives positively. Awesome. Well, Erica, thank you so much. Yes, I'm so excited about what you're doing. Thank you for having me. I, your energy is like a, you know, like a much older person. I would have never thought you were just 22. So I'm so excited about the track you're on and the lives that you're meeting and the lives that you're called to impact him. So keep up the amazing work. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, I'm just, I'm just excited about everything you're doing and so glad to be able to be a part of it in any way. Thank you for so much for having me. There we go. Awesome. Well, if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Erica had to say, you loved her being on the show and you're like, well, 
she has the in with Oprah, so we don't even have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite yet. Not, I mean, we're working on it. But you guys know some people who have a desire to live on purpose. They're willing to do the work. Spread the word. Connect them with Erica and her resources. The ways to contact her, her website and stuff, will be in the show notes. Also, if you want to partner with her to maybe help her create legacy or accomplish those dreams of like, you know, a team member that would be good for her. Also make sure to make that connection because we're here to make dreams and goals come true. As we always ask, shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Send us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.